Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, God is a, is a, is a God that we can celebrate, you know. He never lets us down. He's always there for us. His promises are true. Amen. He is our champion. Jesus did everything that we needed to be done. All we have to do is follow along with him. Praise the Lord. So I want to make an announcement again. We're going to be gone on our annual trip. Not this honeymoon. <laughs> We're taking my son and my mother-in-law. <laughs> it's a family vacation, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But <clears throat> we're not going on the, the obstacle course this year. Uh, we went 10 years ago to Hawaii, and we were on the zip lining and the parasailing and all that hard stuff. But this year, we're going a little more milder, more relaxing, leisurely. We're going snorkeling, a dinner cruise, a luau. Uh, you know, go visit the chocolate factory, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And then, and then but my wife and my son are going to go on an ATV uh, road ride, and I'm going to watch them, praise the Lord, hallelujah. I, I do that every day, you know, I'm driving around uh, town here, I try to run over people, but uh, so that's going to happen, and then uh, my son is going to go swimming with the dolphins, so that's uh, enjoyable, and uh, so we'll take pictures of that. Again, I'll be watching, you know, because I always said that if God wanted us to be in the ocean, he would have gave us fins, right? No. <clears throat> okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> but while we're away, I wanted you, want you to hold your emails, your texts, your phone calls, all those things, so that we can just kind of forget about things, be on a sabbatical, a family sabbatical, and just enjoy ourselves. Pastor Gary will be here on the 21st to minister. And then Cecilia will be there for the uh, Wednesday Bible study. And uh, she does such an excellent job. People yeah, love yeah. to have her Amen. there with authority and with clarity and with love. She teaches the Bible. Amen. Isn't it good that we have the Bible, the written word of God for us to just to enjoy? And Because you always wonder, like, what was God, what was Jesus really like? Well, we have it all right there, a history, a story of what he said and what he did. Amen. And one day, one day we will see him face to face. I'm so excited to see him and all this will be worthwhile. And I heard one person say this, instead of saying you're dying, say you're going to go get your reward. <laughs> I like that. Amen. <laughs> oh, please give me a reward. Let me get me out of here. Praise the Lord. Amen. So this is just a test. This is just a trial to see how good we can do, how much we can still love him despite everything that we have to go through. Amen, because heaven is not like this place. It's a beautiful place, love, peace, joy, and, and everything in the Holy Ghost. And so we're going we're gonna to be all there, amen? amen? Amen, praise the Lord. So let's pray as we get ready for today's service. Father, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to come before you, to hear your word, to receive from you, and allow your spirit to flow through us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I want to continue to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing that we get the power of the Holy Spirit? The same Spirit that was in Christ Jesus is with us. The Bible says of how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus depended upon the Holy Spirit, and we do too. In fact, he told his disciples, you know, after I've risen from the dead, 
after I'm with you for 40 days, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to stay there until the Holy Ghost comes. And then he'll give you power to do what? Be witnesses, to speak in other tongues, to heal the sick. And we're going to find out today that there's at least 50 things that the Holy Spirit uh, has given us. Are you ready for that? Really? All 50? Do you know how long we'll be here? (laughs) Until next Sunday, I think. No. But I'm going to take the top five, okay? The top five things, uh, because there there are at least 50 things that we can do. But Jesus told his disciples, here's what he said in John 14. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Isn't that good news? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? And why do we keep his commandments? Because we love him. We want to be a part of him. We want to flow with him. You know, when you get a job, they give you a manual, and this is what you're supposed to do, right? You follow the, the manual. Well, we got a manual, the Holy Bible. You know what the Bible, you know what the Bible stands for, right? Uh, basic information before you leave earth. You, you have to follow. This is the manual. And the more you follow the manual, the more God wants to bless you and promote you and give you things. Is that right? Amen. That one scripture, if you can drop down to it, Anthony, in John 15, 7, says, If my words abide in you and you abide in me, you can ask what you will, what you desire, and it will be given unto you. That was the first scripture that I ever saw that I said, wow, I'm going to put that to the test. I'm going to prove the Lord with that, that if I just read the word, do what the word says, he will bless me. That's true with parenting, isn't it? If they do what you want. If your kids do what you want them to do, you bless them. Yeah. Amen. So, so here, here, Jesus told his disciples, back to John 14, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and I will give you another helper, just like me, that he may abide with you forever. Amen. Praise God. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor, nor, nor knows him, But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Oh, come on. This is an amazing promise, isn't it? The Holy Spirit, the creator of all heaven and earth, says, I will not only be with you, I'm going to be in you. I'll be with you. So let's demonstrate that a little bit. And I'll ask my brother Richard to come up here. And he's going to be the Holy Spirit. He looks like the Holy Spirit, doesn't he? Okay, so, so I, I, the disciples are walking along, and the Holy Spirit is with them. And they walk, and they talk, and they minister, and wherever he goes, I follow. He follows me. He says, he's with me, and he will be in me. Oh! He's in me. I can't get rid of him. I can't shake him. Whatever I go, he's there. Amen? He's there. When I do good things and when I do bad things, right? He has said he would never leave me nor forsake me. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Richard said, are we really going to do that? I go, yes. (laughs) You need a visual to see that the Holy Spirit is tied to us. He's latched on to us. He's never, you can't let him go. Praise God. Now, here's the problem. We got the Holy Spirit coming to dwell in an unholy thing, which is us. Right? We have an unclean vessel, but a clean, a clean spirit, a pure spirit is coming to dwell. 
this is a problem, don't you think? Don't you hate being with people that are ungodly? When they cuss and they say all these crazy things, all their little innuendos, and you go like, I don't really feel too comfortable with around here. But the Holy Spirit, He can't leave. He's committed to us. He has to stay with us. So there's, there's, there's some things that we have to do. We have to get cleaned up for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in us. Now, uh, I remember back when I was at Mother Church, and I heard about this one house that was so unclean that they said, some people went into their house, they said, there's stacks of papers everywhere. There, there's cereal boxes. There's old Twinkie packages. I mean, it, there, it's, there's stains all over. It's just t- terrible, horrible. Have you ever been to a place like that when, they, when you come to visit them and they clear off a, a space for you? <laughs> they say, have a seat. No, no, I don't, no, I don't think so. I, I'm, I'll just stand. I'm good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I, I said, I'd love to go see this house. So as the Lord would have it, I, was, they, I had to go deliver something to them, a letter or something. So I go, oh, pray, I get to go see the infamous house, <laughs> the house that <laughs> never was kept. And <laughs> so, uh, she, you, know, you know how when you open the door, you don't want people to come in, you just kind of stick your head out and put your hand out, you know. First. So that's what she was doing, and I was trying to look and try to see, you know, and she was doing that. She was blocking me, you know, and I go, okay, thank you very much. And then as I was talking to her, a couple of pieces of paper slid out the door. And I said, man, even the trash is trying to get out. <laughs> so I figured, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to see it. But then in a couple of months, I found out that there was a fire in the house. And what they found out, it was spontaneous combustion. In other words, all that trash, all the oils, everything that was mixed together, it began to decompose, and it produces heat, and it caught the paper on fire, and the house, you know, had a fire. Now, I, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's, that's terrible. But we have, to, we have to clean, you know, when, <coughs> excuse me, they were teaching in, in, in uh, elementary about cleanliness is next to what? Well, one, one boy said cleanliness is next to impossible because, because you are... And I, personal experience uh, with my own son, when he was growing up, he didn't keep his room clean. We couldn't figure out what, what's wrong with this boy. And, and finally we gave up. We said, okay, just keep your door closed, all right, but don't mess up anything else. But now as he's grown up, his house is like perfect. It's like, my gosh, it's a museum. Like, everything is just, all the spoons and forks are lined up, all the pots and pans. I mean, everything is just straight, you know. So I don't know what happens. So if you have a youth that, you know, is not doing well, wait till they get their own place, and then they'll see what happens. Praise the Lord. So, so uh, we have a holy God trying to dwell in an unholy vessel. So we need some cleaning up, because the Bible says what? Be ye holy for I am holy. Now, Jesus told his disciples, you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. And so God wants to bless us. So the first thing that he has, we got five things. And, uh, and let's look at this slide where he says, for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all one. In other words, Jesus lived a perfect, clean life, sanctified himself. And because of that, we're sanctified. Praise the Lord. Now, what does it mean to be sanctified? Sanctified means to be set apart, 
to be holy, to be dedicated to Him. The Bible says to separate yourselves, right? Now, the Holy Spirit said in Acts 13.2, let's look at this. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called. Separate. I need to separate you from your people, from what you've been doing. I need to impart to you my spirit, my life, my word. That even happened in the natural when I worked for Johnson & Johnson Baby Products. And they hired me and they said, we're going to put you in a hotel for 30 days. We don't want you to talk to your family, friends. Just be there. We're going to train you, teach you, and brainwash you. I mean, not brainwash you. <laughs> teach you about the company. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God told Abraham, what did he tell Abraham? Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I know when I first got saved, I had a bunch of friends that somehow I just got separated from them. I wasn't trying to be separate, but because the way I was talking, you know, God is good, <laughs> Jesus is wonderful, you know, and they're going like, who is this guy, you know? I mean, I changed from day one. I used to be a torment on the base paths and in the dugout. I used to torment the people. I used to, you know, talk about them uh, badly, and I would I predict they're going to make an error. I would ridicule them and criticize them and talk all bad about them. And, and um, <laughs> Then I got saved. Then the next day when we had a tournament, and they, they, sent, they, they wanted to get some, some uh, Coke and stuff. I go, should we ask the other team if they want some Coke or some ice? And they said, what happened to you overnight? I, I got saved, you know? I changed. And they said, well, we'll see how long that lasts. You know, okay. So 40 years later, I'm still doing the things that God has called me to do. So God wants us to separate us from worldly things and teach us about the things of God. That means to separate from ungodly, unholy programs, internet, uh, and just become more absorbed in the things of God. Because what you see is what you become. Praise the Lord. So things just seem to fall off after a while. Even the Apostle Paul, he spent three years separated so he could learn the revelations about Jesus. Three years God was teaching him. Jesus was in the desert for how long? Forty days to prepare him for what he was going to do. So sanctification is a purification of your heart and your life. In other words, you got to get cleaned up. You know, when you catch a fish, you don't eat it just the way it is, do you? You have to clean it up. You have to get the insides out and cut off the head. Well, most people cut off the head. Some people don't. You know, when we were in the Filipino church, where's, uh, where's my brother William? They, they leave the head on, you know. They just eat, you know. And if, if the fish winks at you, then you know you're in trouble. But we ate every, you know, they ate everything. But, but we like to clean things up, praise God. So when you get saved, you have to rid yourself of all your old habits. How many of you are still working on things? Amen. Well, good. I'm glad that you're here today because we're going to find out some things that we need to do to get yourself cleaned up. Praise. Separate yourself from the things of God. Praise the Lord. So that's the first thing you have to do, is you have to, like, uh, make a dedication to be pure. You know, uh, like an a Olympic athlete, 
They don't just do whatever they want. They don't eat whatever they want. They have to be very specific in their diet, their exercise, their sleeping habits. Why? Because they want to dedicate themselves to their work and what, their profession. We have to do the same thing. And you notice after you've been saved a, a, a long time or a while, that things that you used to do, you don't do anymore. You, you seem to, it doesn't interest you anymore. God is changing you and separating you unto him to be holy unto him. So the second thing is he wants to set us free from sin. Romans 1, verses 2, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I like that, right? But you have to be in Christ, in the word, trying to do your best you can, then there's no condemnation. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Let's look at this another. So for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. We're walking in a different light, a different spirit, a different way. We're walking in the spirit of God. When you love God with all your heart, his spirit comes on you, and he does this. Look, let's look at this. Uh, let's go to Titus 2, 2.11. When I first saw this, I said, oh, I got it. For the grace of God, which is the Holy Spirit, that brings salvation, has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Isn't that good news? He, he said, he said the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. Don't watch that program. Don't, don't go to that person's house. Don't, don't call that person, right? Teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. You know the lust of the world is here? I mean, especially in California, Hollywood, L.A. I mean, if you walk down the street, and my, my wife and I, we went to the rodeo the other day, and my God, I just like, what are these girls thinking, what, the, what they're wearing? It's like, is this like a burlesque, or what is going on here? <laughs> and, but you don't see that in Midwest Montana and places like that. They, they, they cover up more in Oregon and Washington, but Hollywood... <laughs> Hollywood, everybody wants to be a star, everybody wants to be somebody, check me out, all right, I'm good, and everybody wants to be Kim Kardashian, I don't know what the problem is, but anyway, the Holy Spirit will teach you how to deny ungodliness, that means you have to watch your mouth, oh my, have you ever listened to yourself talk? Sometimes I, I listen to myself, oh, why am I saying that, you know? You know, I, I kid around in, in basketball, and my friend, he's a Muslim, and, and he kids worse than I do. But when I say something, he goes, well, what about, you know, I thought, you know, you, huh, what? And I go, okay, it's good to have a little check here, here and there. So it says in 1 John 3, 9, check this out now, no one who is born of God will continue to sin. I mean, how long can you keep this up? <laughs> because God's seed remains in you, and they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. My, the, the hardest thing when I first got saved is I was doing the things that I didn't want to do. The things I wanted to do, I wasn't doing. And I went to the pastor, and he said, well, you just have to change your, your ways, change your mind, change your thinking, because you have to take control over yourself. And it's like a rocket ship that's leaving Earth. You know, it, when it's leaving Earth, there's a, there's a big thrust 
that happens. You know, there's rumble and smoke and everything. A lot of energy. And then it pulls up, and then all of a sudden it kind of starts to glide a little bit. And then when it leaves the atmosphere, it's kind of floating along. Same thing with sin. When you try to resist it, it takes a little bit of thrust, a little bit of you know, ambition or force. I, 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 gotta, I can't stop. I, I have to stop thinking this way. I have to stop doing these things. And, and, you, and you fight and you battle and you ask the Lord to help you and you, you overcome some things. And, and then you fall back. I know we used to take communion every, every week and they say, examine, or every month, examine yourself to see if you, you know, are living the life of the Lord. And every, every week, I, every Sunday, I, or I'm sorry, every month I would go, well, I did better this month, but still not where I want to be. And this went on for years. So finally, I pulled away, and I just floating around. Okay, I don't have those temptations anymore. I don't have those things holding me down, praise God. What, what does it say? Uh, uh, lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. It, it tries to get us. All you have to do is watch TV a little bit, and you go like, what's going on here? And, and so we, we don't watch the commercials. We, turn, we mute them and, or go to a different station because it, it's, it, it pollutes your mind, pollutes your thinking. So we have to, uh, and here's something for, some, for you men. The Bible says, whoever looks on a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. How about that one? <laughs> Jesus, why you say that? But I, found, I, I heard a minister say, here's, the pro, here's how you overcome that. Just don't look. <laughs> whoever looks upon, just don't look. When you see a pretty girl coming down the street, just, uh, you know, just don't look. That's how you prevent it. But after a while, the way you're supposed to do, you're supposed to look at the beauty of the woman on the inside. You know, how is she, you know, uh, dedicated to the Lord? What kind of things are, are going on on the inside of her? Treat her as a, a, a vessel or a, a soul for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, so, now look at this in Colossians 1.13. This is a good scripture. This is a good, see, this is not just a lesson. This is my life I'm sharing with you, all the years that I've tried to overcome things and be in God's good graces. I want to please the Lord. Don't you want to please the Lord? And the reason why I want to please him is because he's so good. I want to, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? I have to be doing the same thing that he's doing. Then we can walk together. But it says, look at in Colossians 1, 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. <clears throat> Notice the tense in there, Margaret, has means past tense, means already happened. He has delivered us. So this one guy came up to the minister, and he said, Pastor, I, I have a smoking problem. I don't know what it is. I've tried to quit. I just can't quit. And he said, oh, that's easy. He says, check the scripture out. He has delivered us. So you just keep saying that he has delivered you. And then just go about your day, do whatever you're going to do. And, and if, if the Lord, I mean, if you smoke a cigarette, just say before you do it, the Lord has delivered me from the power of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of his dear son. He did this for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden he said, I didn't even desire anymore. It seems like I got delivered. I got transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. See, because with faith, you know what does faith say? Faith speaks. Faith talks. And so if, you don't, if you're not talking it, you don't have faith. He said, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Whoever shall say, have the faith of God, have the God kind of faith. So if you believe it, you keep saying it until it happens. Amen? Praise the Lord. So uh, that's one thing that you have to do. And uh, so, the th uh, so we have two things already. First, separate yourself. Sanctify yourself. 
set apart from those that are, you know, bringing you down. Second, second thing is, uh, you're set free from sin. It's already a done deal. You just have to flow into it. Amen. You can overcome it. Amen. Praise God. And then the third thing is, you have to be transformed into the image of Christ. Isn't that good news? Yes. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed from the image, from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. What you look at, what you spend time with, is what you become. The commercial was, I want to be like Mike, right? I want to be like Jesus, amen? I want to do the things that Jesus does. I want to forgive. I want to love. I want to be kind. I want to be generous. I want to be all those things that Jesus is. Because what you look at, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, well, what did you used to like to do when you were young? I go, I used to put baseball posters up in my room. I had like six of them, three on one side, three on the other. And it was, it, they were swinging, you know, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays. And I was just imagining, you know, that swing when I was to play. I was imaging uh, what they were doing into me. Of course, I never did hit like them, but anyway, <laughs> I did better because I was watching it. So whatever you look at, that's what you become. You ever watch a TV show and then all of a sudden you start saying the things that the TV show says or doing the things that the TV show does? You know how we say like uh, WW Wrestling? If you watch that, you know, uh, yeah, after a while you want to, you know, throw a chair over somebody's head, you know. <laughs> you make me mad, you know, you pencil neck geek, Olympic Auditorium, I'll meet you there. All these things that <laughs> the anger that's on the screen gets into you, right? How about ladies? I know nobody ladies watch soap operas anymore, but uh, if you watch them, they're mad. They're always mad, you know. <laughs> I'm, I've had it with you. I'm going to leave you. I can't stand you anymore, you know. And so you, you adopt that in your own life. You can't. And, and, you know, people, when they go and visit people and they come back, you can tell who they visited by, by what they say. And you can tell what programs people are watching by what they say. So we have to, what, guard ourselves, guard our hearts with all diligence so we can be transformed into the Spirit of the Lord. And the fourth thing is we have, this is great, access to God, Ephesians 3, 17 through 18. And he came and he preached peace to you who are far off and those who are near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. We talk to God through the Spirit. We speak, the Holy Spirit takes our words to the Lord, and the Lord comes and gives us our answer. I was talking to the Lord. I, got t- I have a list of 10 people that haven't received their healing, and I took them to the Lord. I go, Lord, come on. What up? <laughs> and these people are believing God. I prayed for them. We need to see some healing here. Amen? Amen? And he, God doesn't mind that when you talk that way. You're thinking that way. Why not say it? Amen. Talk to him about it. Praise God. Like when my wife, if she ever says, we need to talk, I go, oh, that's, that's trouble right there. Because <laughs> usually it's not we talk, it's I talk. <laughs> I got some things to say around here. <laughs> so when we talk to God, he's not, he doesn't get nervous. He doesn't get squirmish. 
He wants to hear what we have to say. Then he'll build us some faith on the inside of us. Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. He says, come boldly into the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He, the door is open. He has an open door policy. Come on in. Talk to him. Praise the Lord. And, and he, he, it's always open for us. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk to and probably take the rest of the time. So what have we got so far? Let, let's, let's recap. So first thing is we know we have to separate ourselves. Can you do that? Have you been doing that? Separate yourselves. Set, your, set yourself free from sin. Right? Stop sinning. Third is be transformed. Be like him. I want to be like Jesus. Fourth is you have access to God. And the last thing, and this is going to be the result of all those things that you do when you, when you hang around with God, you produce fruit in your life. The Holy Spirit does the fruit. We, and it's one singular fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit as compared to the works of the flesh. You know, the flesh has got all kinds. I don't even like to mention them, okay? Envies, murders, adulteries, fornications, blasphemies, you know, evil speaking. You go on and on, right? Of course, nobody here does any of that. Praise the Lord. Thank God. But what I want to ask you, what kind of fruit are you? Are you a fruit cake? No. No? Are you sour grapes? Or are you peachy keen? Are, are you going bananas? Are, are you just plain, plum crazy? Are you the apple of his eye? So, so God wants us to produce fruit in our lives, right? So what is the fruit of the Spirit? We know, let's hear it in uh, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So my question to you guys are, uh, would people describe you as being those kinds of people? They're, such a lo- they're so loving. They're so kind. They're so, what, good. There's such joy. You know, my wife, we have a, a mutual... Uh, physician at Kaiser, and Marianne told me, oh, you're just going to love this doctor. She's so sweet. She's so kind. She's just wonderful. I go, well, how could that be? You know, I mean, it's just a doctor. But uh, I went in there, and she had such joy and such love. Hi, how are you? You know, good to see you. Okay. Uh, I saw you uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, She's so happy. She had the joy of the Lord or something. I, don't, I, I wanted to go back. Just I didn't have any more problems, but I just wanted to go back to be in her presence. So don't, do people just want to be in your presence? We don't know. I always say, if you don't get invited to any parties or anything, it could be. <laughs> I heard this one joke. He goes, he goes at my job, they were having this meeting about someone that was uh, that they didn't like in the, in the department, and they didn't invite me. So I don't know how that, what they were talking about. They had a meeting about someone that they didn't like in the department, but they didn't invite him <laughs> because he was the problem. Are you the problem? 
Sometimes uh, it's good to hear what other people say about you without you being there. Have you ever done that? It's kind of sad, really. <laughs> they, they say stuff that they wouldn't say to your face, but usually it's true. And that's how you have to, you know, correct. Like we had, our, at our other church, we used to spiritually adopt people, you know, kids. And we had spiritually, spiritual sons, spiritual daughters. And so uh, my spiritual daughter was talking with me, and I was kind of walking around the office. Listen, I'm listening. I'm listening. She goes, you're not listening to me. You, 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 you never listen to me. I go, that's not true. So I went and told my wife, I go, here, Ann, do I, do I listen to you all the time or do I ignore you sometimes and walk around? She goes, no, that, that's, that's true. You do that, you know. So I made it a point to not be that way, to try to look people in the eye, listen to what they have to say. And, and so you, you correct yourself. Praise the Lord. Some people talk, you know, oh, you're this way or that way. Well, maybe it's true. Maybe, you know, when, when David was going down, um, uh, when he was traveling, this guy ran up to him and said, you're a, you're a bloody man. Your hands are full of blood. You're a man of war. And the, David's men said, should we just kill this guy? And he said, no, he's speaking the oracles of God. And, and when David wanted to build the temple, what did God say? You're a man of war. You have blood on your hands. God was saying the very same thing this guy was saying. Now, but the spirit of what the guy was saying was not good. So sometimes people will criticize you. It's not the right spirit, but take to heed what they're saying. They're there to correct you and to help you and to make you better into the image of Christ. So let's look at these uh, uh, fruits one at a time. Love. Now, there's a lot of different loves in the Bible, right? There's the uh, uh, storge, which is a family love, like a a mother and their child. There's the eros, which is the romantic sexual way where we get erotica. There's the philea, which is a brotherly love, like Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Then there's the agape love, which is the unconditional thinking of someone else more important than yourself. That's where we have to get. It's only in the New Testament. It's the only time that that word comes about because that's the way God is. He's thinking of us more important than himself. He wants to do things in the best interest of us, not himself. So we have to learn that, that, that it's an unselfish love. It's a, not an emotion, but a decision. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you, right? That's a decision that we have to make. doesn't matter how the person is. doesn't matter if they get screwy or crazy. It doesn't matter. You have to love them. Praise the Lord. And so I'm, I was just thinking about this. In marriage, we start off with the eros, you know, the sexual, you know, attraction. And, and then, you, <laughs> then you move into the <laughs> phileo, you know, well, I, you're, you're my brother, you're my sister in the Lord. And then finally you have to move into the agape. I don't care what you do. <laughs> I love you, okay? Socks on the floor, cereal box not closed, lights on, air conditioning on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> crash the car, you know, whatever it is. I love you. <laughs> We're in this thing together, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, I always say that you, when you, if you're single and you get saved, you, you get saved and you're single, but then when you get married, you got to get saved all over again. You know, you got, you got more things to work on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought I was doing everything right until I got married. I'm, oh, my gosh. I don't know how many. One guy said, I always, I always had my shoes on in the house. I didn't know I was supposed to take it out. Take it out. One, one brother said he went to the, to the bathroom and he was going to wipe his hands on the towels. He go, oh, the wife said, oh, no, no, no. That's not for you. That's for guests. <laughs> he can't use his own towels. It's only for guests, you know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I don't know how we got on this. You guys are drawing it out of me. Okay, so agape love is the unselfish love. So I don't understand when people say they want to get a divorce. They say, we just fell out of love. No, you can't fall out of love. Either you love the person or you don't love the person, right? It's a commitment. You commit yourself to them and to God. And so no matter what you're going through, like our first pastor used to say, when people stand up and say, oh, we've been married 40 years, and everybody clapped their hands. And he goes, well, they're supposed to be married for 40 years. They're supposed to be married until death do you part, right? What, what, what's the clap for? <laughs> you know? And, and I, I thought about that. Yeah, that's right. You know, we're supposed to be married forever. So anyway, it's moving on. Okay. Love is a feeling. Uh, it's not a feeling. It's a commitment. Okay, joy Joy comes from knowing Christ, not because of the circumstances, not because of what you're going through. It's your relationship with the Lord that gives you the joy of the Lord. He is your strength. In his presence is fullness of joy. Praise the Lord. Do you have joy? Do, you, do people look at you and go, what a joy. I'm so glad you're here. You're so wonderful to be around. Amen? Or are you a party pooper? Every party needs a pooper. That's why we invited you. Party pooper. <laughs> no, don't invite that person. You know, you're going through the list. No, don't invite that person. You know, they, they'll just ruin the whole thing. They've got their stories and they've got their problems and we just don't want that. Amen. So we have to have joy, unspeakable joy and full of glory. Amen. David said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. It's not my joy. Jesus said, my, the joy I give to you, uh, uh, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. He said that about peace as well. He says, I'm giving you the joy. So you want to have joy. Then you want to have peace. Have you been with people that are just so peaceful? You know, they're just so enjoyable to be around. You just feel good. You know, I went and visited a, a couple that were in the the husband was in the hospital and the wife was there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's unnerving when you're in the hospital. You know, the doctors are saying one thing, the nurses aren't paying attention. And so I said, let me come down there and just kind of be with you for a little bit. So I went down there, spent time with them and helped them with the nurses cause, and the doctors because I used to work at Kaiser and I know how it works. The, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know. Excuse me, uh, can... Room uh, 310, please, can you, hello. <laughs> Taught her how to call case management, how to get some action here, you know. And, and, and so we, we handled it peacefully. And then the next day she called me and she said, thanks for bringing peace to this situation. I, I was just so peaceful. Praise God. Do you bring peace into the situation or are you in turmoil? Praise the Lord. We have, the Bible says to have joy and peace in believing. Even though you're believing for something, 
you still have to say, I know, Lord, you're going to work it out for my good. Okay, the, la- the next thing is long-suffering. How long is long-suffering? Long, long-suffering. Is there an end to long-suffering? There, it's not a duration, it's an attitude. You have to be, have a long-suffering you know, attitude in your, in your spirit. Like when you're at, when you're at the um, grocery store and the old lady starts going through her purse and trying to find her coins and everything, you don't say, oh, please, lady. No, you said, I'm going to be long-suffering. I'm going to put up with this. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, you know, P- Peter said, how long do we have to, for- how much, how, how many times do we have to forgive someone? And what did Jesus say? Seven times 70 per day. In other words, there is no limit. You just be long suffering. This is it until the end. I, I like this one, kindness. What is kindness? Kindness is the ability to act on the welfare of someone who is taxing your patience. Someone that is wearing you out. Talking you to you can't take it anymore. Going over the same thing. I've heard that story before. <laughs> you, 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 you act on their welfare. You, you do things for their welfare. You love them even though they make you mad. Praise the Lord. Can you do that? That's opposite of what we usually do, right? Okay, how about goodness? What is goodness? Doing good things. Now, if you can't think of something good to do... I really need to go into that a little bit more. I mean, there's, there's things like mowing the person's lawn next to you, like taking them to the hospital, like doing, do good things. I, I was reminded of uh, Angel when, when uh, Rudy had to go to San Diego for a court, and he didn't, a court case, and he didn't want to go by himself, and Regina uh, Gina couldn't go. So Angel said, I'll go, didn't even think about it, I'll go with you. All the way to San Diego, to the court case, came back. That's a good thing, right? I look at Margaret. Margaret does good things all the time. Maggie does good things all the time. Surprises me. Margaret will drive people places, give them money, take care of them, find a place for them to stay. I go, Margaret, you're tiring me out. (laughs) Not just once, not just twice. I mean, for years she would do it. And, And people, this person will give her a hard time and criticize her, and she still does good things. What's wrong with her? I don't know. (laughs) That's got to be the Holy Spirit, right? He produces fruit. Now, we don't have to work at it. When you spend time with God, you just become it. A tree doesn't try to work at producing fruit. It just comes. And people can come and pick the fruit off your tree. You don't have to throw it at them. They pick it, right? You know I love you. You, you, you hear me? I love, I, I'm telling you, I, I love you. No, they have to feel the love, right? They just pick the fruit. Praise God. Okay, faithfulness. What, what, what an attribute that is. God is faithful. The Bible says if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. He's committed to us. He called us before the foundation of the world. He knows those that are his. He's faithful to us. He's with us through thick and thin. I think in all the years that I spent running away from God, I wasn't really running. I was just doing my own thing. He was, fa- he was waiting for me. He was faithful. He's faithful to us. We have to have that same belief 
and faithfulness of other people. We have to believe that they're going to be what God has called them to be. Amen? Like, uh, we can't give up on people. We have to continue to be with them no matter what. Okay, gentleness. The servant of the Lord must not strive. You, must, you can't be angry. You can't try to force people into doing what you, uh, you want them to do. You know, we had some Jehovah's Witness come to our house the other day, and I could have gotten an argument with them. I could have tried to make my point, but it's, it's useless. You know, they're kind of stuck in their way. So as they came in, you could tell they're all dressed in suits on a Saturday morning. I'm going like, mm-hmm. Jehovah's Witness, right? Yeah, I go, we're good. I got my religion. They go, okay, God bless you. Yeah, I said, fine. fine. Peaceful. I don't, have to, I don't have to strive, you know? You want to go to hell? <laughs> go ahead, you know? <laughs> Might have to cut that out. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I can't make somebody do, do anything, right? I just plant the seed. I probably should have talked to them and planted the seed and, and, and been gracious and, and loving towards them. But, you know, I was in a hurry. Okay, self-control. You can control yourself when you want to. One lady in her Bible says, no, I can't control myself. Yeah, you, you can. You can. If you're in a meeting and someone says something and you're with some, the higher echelon of people, you hold your tongue. You can control yourself if you want to. Praise the Lord. Have you ever, have you ever uh, been in someone's house, maybe a, a husband and wife, they're arguing about something and they're kind of, you know, vocal and loud and angry, and then the phone rings, and they go, oh, hello. How... You, you can control yourself if you want to, right? <laughs> you can control yourself with your family. You know, we got to the point, my wife and my son, you know, we were having discussions that were, you know, kind of Italian in nature. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I go, aren't we intelligent people? Didn't we all go to college? Do we know how to communicate here? <laughs> let's, let's settle down and just talk it out. Okay, that sounds like a good idea. You can have self-control. You can be in control of what you say, what you think, and what you do. Praise God. So the Bible says here, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Deuteronomy 28 says, I don't have this up there, but it says, if you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, then all these blessings will come upon you. We have to walk and hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, do the things that are pleasing in His sight. And what, is, what does the Holy Spirit help us do? He helps us, the last slide, He sanctifies us, He separates us, He sets us free from sin, He transforms us into the image of Christ, He gives us access to God. And he produces godly fruit in our lives. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we just thank you that as we come before you, that we can have uh, fruit and we can have the Spirit working in our lives to guide and direct us and do those things that are pleasing in your sight. So we're going to take communion right now, dedicate ourselves. The Bible says to examine yourself, not someone else, but examine yourselves to see if you're walking in the truth. And that as you do that, Think of things that maybe uh, you want the Lord to impress upon you in your heart. 
Things that can change your life for the better. Think of the obstacles that are standing in your way that are preventing you from being all that God wants you to be. As you take that time to think about that, we're going to dedicate ourselves.